This past week, my wife and I had the pleasure of visiting some friends of ours just outside of town whose wife ranks as one of the top master gardeners in the whole state of Michigan. She has about a one-acre plot on her property of over 900 different varieties of daylilies. Now, the name of a daylily should tell you that they only last one day, but you know, it didn't really dawn on me until we're out there going through the garden and she's pointing out the various ones and, well, these really aren't as pretty as they are because, you know, it's towards the end of the day and I thought, you know, the sun isn't going down quite yet. They said, you know, they only last one day. (laughs) But such beauty and all different, such variety. Some of them curled on the ends like fluted bowls. Some of them looked like stars with little spindle things coming out from the center. Some of them were a solid color. Some of them had rings about them. Just beautiful. Intricate in their design and in their beauty. It causes me to contemplate how they picture the beauty of God's Word. Intricate, varied, and beautiful. We see an example of it described for us in the first chapter of Genesis as it describes for us the master gardener as he created all of the things that we see in their beauty today. We so often get consumed with the beauty of the story of Scripture that we overlook the beauty of the form that the Spirit of God used to provide that story. As we look at this chapter, it provides for us an example of the beauty inherent in the scriptures themselves, in the form and the format that God used to reveal himself and his message to us. Now on the sheet that I handed out to you, you will notice that I bolded in kind of solid letters and identified each day of creation. We see, first of all, the introduction. The first two verses is kind of giving the overview that God created the heavens and the earth. And then it begins the progression through that first creation week of how God created on each day a different aspect of his creation. What I want you to notice is the interesting pattern that it follows that we usually overlook. For example, 
on day one, you can just kind of read through there real quickly. You'll notice on day one, God created light. Initially, in verses 1 and 2, we find creation in darkness, without form and void. And now we see beginning of God's bringing light. And as we progress through the creation, we find him bringing form out of formlessness, bringing habitation out of void, and bringing something in existence out of nothing. On day one, light. On day two, the sea and sky. On day three, we see the earth and foliage. Can you imagine the earth completely covered with foliage? Day four reverts back to day one. Because it brings out the luminaries. Day one, God created light. Day four, he creates the luminaries in the heavens. The sun, the moon, the stars. Day five reverts back to day two. Because on day five, God created the creatures of the sea and of the sky. Filled the waters with creatures and filled the air with fowl that that flew in the heavens. On day number six, we read how it reverts back to day number three. On day number three, God created the earth, brought the earth into form and shape, and spread foliage throughout all the earth. And then on day number six, he creates the creatures that now inhabit and fill the earth. So we have two sets of three. Verses 1, 2, and 3. And then verses 4, 5, and 6 correspond to verses 1, 2, and 3 in sequence and order. God's a God of order. God isn't a God of happenstance. God isn't a God of chance. He's a God of order. And we see it in his creation, how he followed an order. And the record of it given to us here highlights that order. And we see it in the uniqueness of the format itself, in addition to the content that it provides for us. We usually overlook the form and look just at the content. The content is beautiful. Throughout Scripture, we can point to many different spots. If we were to go around the room today, we would have a variety of portions of Scripture that have become favorite to us and that we enjoy. Equally as beautiful, we can observe the format that God used to provide that truth for us. So what? You might ask. So what? I didn't think I was coming to English literature class. I thought I was coming to a church service. 
I want you to see and to contemplate the beauty of God's Word. We need not have shame nor embarrassment that we believe the Scriptures. We can say with pride that we love the Scriptures for their beauty. No other book in all of history can compare with the Bible. In its content and in its format. For example, many of the world's leading novelists have acclaimed the book of Job the greatest short story that was ever written. It's in the Bible. Reveals to us God and His character and His nature. Reveals to us man like us and our nature, our weaknesses, our foibles, our needs. It's in the Scriptures. No one can write the story of the birth of Christ like Luke chapter 2 magnificent in its beauty and in its simplicity and in the shortness of the phraseology used to describe the birth of Christ well as I mentioned we could all go through and name parts of the scripture for their beauty we need not be ashamed that we believe the scriptures. We can take pride in the fact, yes, you're right, I do believe the Bible. Mark it down, I do. You can too. It's worth believing. It's worth trusting. Even in the way it is written, we can trust it. We can submit to it. It should encourage us to read it. We all probably have our favorite authors, don't we? We can then, oh, I love to read so-and-so's books. I love to read this author. He or she is, is so vivid in the imagination that goes into the story. Do you have a favorite author in the Bible? Dare I ask you so boldly, do you read the Bible as often as you read your favorite author? Do you? No story can compare with the story of Scripture. You can find nothing as encouraging as God's Word. Nothing. And inherent in these scriptures we find God revealing His plan of redemption for sinners like you and me. And we can find in them encouragement and comfort and strength to believe God's message. Cover to cover. Reveals it. 
It reveals to us God's gift of His Son. He told about it in the Old Testament. It's coming. And then in the New Testament we find it revealed. Here He is. And how by simple faith in Jesus we can obtain eternal life. We all know John 3.16, don't we? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So simple that a child can believe. Simple enough that someone in their 70s, 80s, and 90s can believe. The wonder of God's book. He's provided it for us. For instruction. For encouragement. For comfort. For faith. Jesus said, You believe the scriptures and you trust the scriptures and he said they are they which testify of me you want to learn about Jesus read the Bible you want to know who Jesus was read the Bible you want to know what Jesus accomplished on behalf of people like you and like me read the Bible it will tell you People in foreign lands have a value for these scriptures that surpasses ours. You know when they get in some of those foreign lands, when they get a copy of the scriptures, you know what they do? They'll come together as a group and they will tear it apart. And they'll give a package to each person a section of the scriptures and it is up to them to learn what that passage of scripture says and to copy it down so that then when they come back together again they can tell the others what their section teaches and they can bring back a copy of it for others to have a copy of it how many copies of the scriptures do you have in your apartment And how often do you read it? And study it and examine it. It's precious, my friends. It's precious. I bring these comments to you today to remind you of its value, to remind you of its character to encourage you to read it. Study it. Submit to it. Believe it. Find comfort from its pages, its message. Find in it the saving message that God has provided for us. Find in it assurance and comfort and strength for the belief that you have demonstrated over the years in its message. 
and to be reassured in it that you have not believed a cunningly devised series of fables but have come to believe and trust in the living God revealed in his living word I pray the spirit of God will use these comments to encourage you to spur you on to remind you of what a great valuable treasure you have in God's word believe it trust it to the everlasting salvation of your soul and to the daily comfort and encouragement that it can give to you let's close in prayer